prayer focus tonight actually links us with the Holy Spirit series that we just came out of. And uh, that series was never intended to, uh, to just be like three Thursdays and then we'll just go to another series. It was designed to, to really, with our heart, uh, to be that which would uh, just really help us to think in terms of the Holy Spirit uh, moving in our midst and in our fellowship in the future. And so what we're going to be doing the next several months on the Music and Prayer Night, uh, which typically is uh, the first Thursday of the month, is we're going to be really praying through the book of Acts. What we're going to do is we're going to be looking at uh, some uh, examples of prayer in the earliest Christian community and how we can learn from that and how we can apply these principles into uh, the fabric of who we are as Anchor Boston. One of the things that I have observed in just studying the life of Jesus as uh, he was uh, moving in those three years of ministry is that he often worked in community. In other words, he was with a, a group of people, sometimes thousands of people, sometimes 12, but typically he did his mission in community. And even when he had one-on-ones with people, what he would do uh, oftentimes is he would uh, come alongside of a person and kind of pull them away and have a one-on-one with them. Uh, and the times that he was really in isolation, it was typically uh, the times where he was praying to the Father, uh, his times of communing with God the Father. And so he did his evangelism, his discipleship in community. And I think that can really speak to us tonight as we move forward. It can really speak to us uh, even just about how we look at uh, ministry and how we look at fulfilling the mission that God has called us to uh, as those that follow Christ. So it's fitting because Christ did his mission in community, that we uh, would also, as the early church did, do ministry in community to expand the kingdom of God, to fulfill his mission for us in community. Now, the first example of prayer that we have in the book of Acts, it's uh, 14 verses in, it's Acts chapter 1, and Jesus has just ascended uh, he's left his final word about the promise of the Holy Spirit coming to, uh, to equip uh, the people for the work of the ministry, uh, which is to share the gospel, the good news, to make disciples. And uh, he has ascended, and now the earliest Christ community is waiting for the Holy Spirit to descend upon them, to empower them, to experience a new dimension of spiritual life. I don't know about you, that sounds really appealing to me, to have a deeper walk with Christ, a a deeper dimension of spirituality that is is really rooted in the move and the moving of the third member of the Trinity in our lives. And so uh, it's how they waited that I'd like for us to focus on tonight in our focus as we pray. Let's look at the verse, Acts chapter 1, verse 14. I'm reading from the ESV. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Now, this is the final prayer gathering pre-Pentecost, pre-the Holy Spirit coming. And so what can we learn from this key prayer gathering 
that uh, these early believers had. First of all, they were united. They were united. Unity is a big theme in Scripture. You look at Psalm 133, and uh, the psalmist speaks of the blessing of God's people when they dwell together in unity. The Apostle Paul, in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10, says this, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there will be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and in thought. Now, let's just talk candidly about unity. What is unity and what isn't unity? You can have a united group of people that still sometimes disagree on certain things. So unity doesn't mean that, you, that everybody is just in lockstep with every philosophical decision that's made, every decision that comes forward. No, it's like... Um, it means that there's trust and there's room for some robust conversations and sometimes uh, even some, some friendly uh, disagreements, if you will. Uh, but think in, in terms of family, okay? And I had one brother, still have one brother, by the way. And uh, when we were growing up, there would be times that we would get, not in like, you know, you know fisticuffs or whatever, but there would be times that we would not agree on things. We actually had one fight uh, in our growing up, and it consisted of me hitting my brother in the arm and him crying. And that was it. We never fought again or before, and that was it. So we didn't fight much, obviously. He never threw a punch, and he probably regrets that at this point. But we did learn that when you get outside the home, and maybe somebody would say something about my brother, who was a couple years younger than me, and we play sports together, and uh, I would be the first to defend my brother, you better not speak anything about my brother, my mom or dad, because we were united. We loved one another deeply, even though sometimes we didn't get along. Now, uh, as far as I know, everybody's getting along splendidly here at Anchor. But I'm just saying, as we move forward, as we do ministry together, we do life together, sometimes there could be, you know, some little, uh, I would say minor tenets that we would maybe disagree on. But we agree on principal things, and we have each other's back. And let me just tell you, when you have like a name like Quackenbush growing up, you need to defend the name, right? And so uh, that is true, and uh, my dad instilled that in us at a, at a young age. But we can remain perfectly united in mind, in thought, in mission, there are several other scriptures that speak about unity besides the, the two I've mentioned already. Acts 4.32 describes the, the early church as uh, having one, being one in heart and mind. Just one heart, one mind. John 13.35, uh, Jesus talks about the impact of a united, uh, loving fellowship in the world. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if... You love one another. When we have expressions and we have acts of love toward one another as brothers and sisters, it speaks volumes to a world that's divided. And this is really important part as we pray together. We want to be united in prayer as they were united. Also, Philippians 2 verse 3 speaks of valuing others above yourselves. So what does unity look like? Well, you defend the church. You defend our mission. 
You defend your brother and your sister. If you hear somebody speaking ill of them or ill of the church, you're, you, you rise up and with a loving, gracious word, you defend that which is important to you, to us. We also strive to serve one another. Selfless, having a giving, generous disposition. We announced for several weeks that uh, tonight we would be announcing the result of our benevolence campaign. And I'm so happy to be able to share tonight just a testimony of the giving aspect, the selfless aspect of Anchor Boston. We set a goal of $3,000, and the leaders stepped up, and they pledged well over half of that. But beyond that, there were other gifts that were given toward this, offerings that were given And I'm so excited to tell you tonight that as of yesterday, the total that's been given so far, not pledged, but given so far, is $3,550. And I think that's awesome. Those that are in the room, yeah, we can clap right now. Yeah. So so we can say say, that's awesome, $3,500 plus. But we can also say, hey, this is evidence of our love for one another. It's evidence that we really do care. And that, that speaks of unity, a united fellowship. Well, not only united, but second, devoted. What does it mean to be devoted? Well, to persevere in some activity or cause to the point of devotion. You know, there are many good causes. And there are causes today in 2020 that we embrace, we endorse. We're 100% behind But let me just remind you as Christ followers and remind myself that there is no greater cause than the cause of Jesus Christ. It's the only cause that speaks of eternity. That is an eternal commitment. As we invest in this cause in deep devotion, deep devotion, that cause mandated the early Christians to Stay together, united and devoted in prayer until the Holy Spirit came. Why? Because they were devoted to sharing the good news and they, needed, they knew that they needed the power of the Holy Spirit to equip them. To make, make it possible for them to be effective witnesses. What a great example. And I, I believe that for us tonight, that uh, it's just a reminder for us to persevere in prayer Sometimes I believe we can give up too early before there's a breakthrough. Maybe before uh, the heart of a friend or a loved one becomes soft, softened to receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let's, let's be devoted to prayer. United, devoted in prayer, and persevering, not giving up until the answer comes, until a breakthrough comes. And I think for some of you tonight, you can, you can just personalize that that you have been waiting for a breakthrough of sorts in your life. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's uh, just uh, in a mental health issue. Whatever it might be, that you can just keep trusting God, persevere, stay devoted, because God will come through, just like He came through in Acts chapter 1. When the Holy Spirit then came just a few verses later, actually a matter of just moments after they were praying together, which is our third and final point before we just have a season of prayer and continued singing to the Lord. United, 
devoted, and together. Together is a word that just sums it all up. They weren't just together physically, but the meaning of that word together is that they were one heart and one mind. Again, united, but physically together as well. Jesus spoke about the power of agreement in prayer, being together in prayer, which we are tonight, even virtually, we're together in prayer. Matthew 18, 19, and I love the messages rendering of this, when two of you get together on anything at all on the earth and make a prayer of it, my Father in heaven goes into action. And when two or three of you are together because of me, you can be sure that I'll be there. Again, we can't be together physically at this time, but we can be united, devoted, and together in mind, heart, and spirit. I know it's tough. And I know uh, some of you may be even feeling disconnected, not together with your anchor community. We can have occasional virtual lunches and FaceTimes and and uh, do some things uh, with our crews that are via Zoom, but it's not the same. We totally understand that. We get that. Feeling disconnected. I have felt that deeply just even the past few days. Missing the times that we can just hang out over coffee or we can just hang out after a gathering before. Uh, We can do some of the things that we normally do in the summer, but not this summer because of the restrictions with COVID-19. So what encouraged me is to think in terms of not focusing on what has changed, but focusing on what hasn't changed. And that lifted my spirits even today as I was reviewing my notes for tonight. One of the things that hasn't changed is our mission. Our mission is pre-COVID-19, during COVID-19, post-COVID-19. Our mission has not changed. The mission of Jesus Christ hasn't changed in 2,000 years. Why would it change in 2020? Our mission remains the same. The love of God never ceases. The mercies of God never cease. They're new every morning. Great is the faithfulness of God, it says in Lamentations. God's love for you will never change. You can count on that. In your lowest moment, God's love is there. It's called steadfast love. The love of God never changes. Our faith in God, I trust, is unwavering, even though at times in our humanity is challenged. God is still in control. I want to encourage you with that. And then fourth, our love for our brothers and sisters should not change. What does that mean right now? I believe we need to think in terms, even as we pray for one another, we need to think in terms of reaching out, being intentional, um, not letting days and certainly not weeks go by without us initiating, reaching out. We can pray about that. We can pray, uh, Lord, place a soul on my heart, but we also can just use our mind and just think through who might, uh, there's not, you know, hundreds and thousands of us to, you know, to, to try to think through who might need a, a little connect. And I just encourage everybody that's tuning in right now to think in terms of who could I encourage this week? Maybe it's three or four people. If everybody does that every week, then we can stay connected. We can be together 
and expressing our love and devotion for one another as brothers and sisters. So who can you reach out to? Maybe right now the Lord is putting somebody on your heart. Who can you check in with? Make sure they're okay. Who can you pray for? I'd like for our band to come at this time. And as they do, I just want to encourage us to embrace what truly happened uh, in this little prayer gathering. There weren't that many. And I'm glad that Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, included Mary, mother of Jesus, and other women. So way to go, women. You were represented in that first prayer meeting. Uh, before, or the last prayer meeting, I like to say, before Pentecost came, brothers and sisters together, they were united, they were devoted, and they were together in every way. And then God heard their prayer, and just again, moments after that, a matter of hours, the Holy Spirit came, and we are here today because of what happened in that moment in time. So I encourage us as we now continue to sing, and then we're going to have a lot of prayer moments here in just a little bit. I encourage you to think in terms of your commitment to the cause of Jesus Christ, the greatest cause. Let's hang united. Let's hang in, in, together. And let's hang in a devoted way. Praise be to God. Let's worship Him together.